unto thee. Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him, because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise up against Saul, but Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt. Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord hath delivered thee today into my hand in the cave. Some bade me kill thee, but my eye spared thee. And I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in my hand. And I have not sinned against thee, yet you hunt my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and thee, the Lord avenge me of thee, but my hand shall not be upon thee. As the proverb of the ancients says, wickedness proceeds from the wicked, but my hand shall not be upon thee. David had been pursued by Saul. Saul had jealousy already uh, concerning David because of the songs that were sang about him as they came into the city that David had killed his ten thousands and Saul has killed his thousands and Saul said, well, what more can David have but my kingdom? So from that point on, his attitude toward David was changed, even though David behaved himself wisely and came in and out and behaved himself as he should have. Uh, there was All the people loved David because they saw that he was a, a wise man and that he uh, followed after the Lord and was after the Lord's heart. But Saul began, as David said, to listen to other people that David is seeking your kingdom, David is seeking your hurt. And so Saul began to pursue David so he could cut this thread off. And David has an opportunity to, to get Saul. He could have done it. He was there. Saul was asleep. It was right there. He could have done it. And that's what I want to preach about tonight for just a few moments. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Let's, let's uh, pray together for the lesson tonight. Precious Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for your mercy and grace. And oh Lord, we know that you could have not spared us, but Lord, you did. And we are so glad. So Lord, tonight we ask you to just open our hearts. Let us hear what the Spirit would say. Lord, let the Word find good ground in our heart tonight that we can be better, be more like you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Give him a shout for his word. Hallelujah. 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 I want to be better. You know, you can be seated, those that will stand. Thank you. God bless. You know, we heard that those kind of things all the time growing up. 
just because you can do it don't mean you should. You know, you, know, you can jump off the house with an umbrella. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. You're going to get hurt. That only works in cartoons and movies. And unless you're a coyote, and then it never works. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, when we're young and we're growing up, well, it used to be. It seems like kids today don't really care if they drive or not. But when we, when we were growing up, we couldn't wait to drive. And sometimes you would, you know, you, we knew how to drive before we were legal to drive. But just because we could didn't mean we should. Because if we got in trouble or had an accident or things, you know, it was going to be a lot, going to be bad. Just because we could crank a car up and start it and put it in drive and go didn't mean we should. There's a lot of people that uh, do a lot of things just because they can and they shouldn't. And they end up paying a price for it. But in this situation, as I told you earlier, that you will find a time in your life where you are unfairly uh, treated or something happens to you, you're hurt, there's a situation happens in your life and, and all you want to get them back. You know, David, he just loved the Lord served the king, but he was persecuted. Saul tried to pin him to the wall with a javelin a couple of times. You know, he was there playing music to get the evil spirit off Saul. And Saul said, I'll use this opportunity while he's ministering to destroy him. And that happens in ministry a lot of times. So David was hunted. David ran for his life, and he was persecuted. He was treated as Saul's enemy, though, he had no ill intention at all towards Saul. And we've all had times in our life like this when we're treated unfairly, gossiped about, lied on, persecuted for no real legitimate reason. And in these situations, many times we find ourselves with an opportunity. It presents itself and it's there and it's like, oh, it was handed to you on a silver platter and now I can get them. And I can show them, and I can tell them, and I can expose them, and I can, I can hurt them. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. But that's what they were doing to me. Yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Because that's the way of the world. Pay them back. Give them what they, give it back just as good as you got it. You know, just let, let them have it. You know, that's the world's way. That's our way. But the scripture says there is a way that seems right to us, but those ways are the ways of death. We don't want to end up in, a, in something that's just going to be more death. You know, pay them back. You'll always have somebody on your side telling you, get them. I'll stand with you. Yeah. David did. He had men that said, look here, the Lord has just laid this out for you. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. In verse 4, he told me, he said, you may do to him as it seems good to you. Go get him, David. It's right here. This is your opportunity. Get him. But that's our flesh. That's, that's us being like the one who's after us. That's, that's wanting revenge. That's wanting payback. That's wanting to get somebody. For, yeah, I, I can't even sleep in a bed. I got to sleep in caves and in the wilderness and worry about who's fixing to kill me uh, while I'm taking a nap because, uh, and I ain't even done anything wrong. I can't even live in my own land because of what Saul's doing to me. And, and I could end it right here. 
but it wouldn't have ended it if he'd have ended Saul. There'd have been somebody else stepped right in Saul's place. Oh, there'd be family would have raised up. Man, listen, even after Saul was dead and gone, some of Saul's family threw rocks at David and cursed him when he was going out of the city because of, because of Saul and calling him a bloody man and just cursed him and all kinds of things. If he'd have killed Saul, there'd have been somebody still trying to get David. It's not the way. Revenge is not the way. Returning evil for evil is not the way. It, it, might, it, it might satisfy that flesh for an inkling. But you remember what it said in the scripture. It said, after David went and cut the, the hem of his garment, cut the, the end of his robe off, and just a little bit of David's heart, it got him. That wasn't right. You know how miserable it is to know that you have become just like the people that are doing you wrong? You know how when you're trying to live your life for God and you, you act up and do something that you know it's not what I should have said. It's not what I should have done. I, I had opportunity, but I shouldn't have took it. Just because I could it, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have posted that. I shouldn't have typed that. I shouldn't have uh, been ugly like that. that. That's not who I am. And it wasn't who David was. The reason he ran was not because he was afraid that he couldn't defeat Saul. It's because he didn't want to fight Saul. He loved Saul. And he loved Saul's, he was married to Saul's daughter. He, he loved Saul's son, Jonathan, like his own soul. It was his best friend. It was like his brother. And he, he loved that family. And he's like, why? I don't understand why I haven't done anything. And yet Saul hates me. And, and so you would think, man, I've done nothing. I'm going to get them back. I'm going to make them pay. They won't, they won't push me around. It's easy to get those carnal, fleshly attitudes and, and, and fall in line with that, especially when you have those uh, get them back cheerleaders on your side. You, you get them cheerleaders of revenge saying, get him, get him. Stab him, kick him, <laughs> whatever it is. Revenge cheerleaders, you know. But Jesus taught us about this. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, Jesus said, You have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, but listen who's talking. If you're going to listen to anybody on, on revenge, listen to him. He said, but I say, this is how you handle these situations, is what he's telling us, that you resist not evil. Whosoever smites you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If any man will sue you at the law, take away your coat, let him have thy cloak also. Whosoever should compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain or two. Give him that ask of thee, and from him that would borrow of you, don't turn him away. You have heard that it has been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Why in the world, Jesus, would I do that? What possible good earthly reason? Ain't no earthly reason. It, it, you, you don't, there's no reason on earth that you would do that, but there's a kingdom-minded reason that you would. He said, do this so that you may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. If you want your relationship right with God, 
This is how you treat people who treat you bad. You pray for them. You love them anyway. You don't get revenge on them. There's no eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You know, uh, Gandhi uh, said, if, if, if we go with this eye for an eye route, he said, the whole world will be blind. Well, so Jesus, you know, Jesus told us, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I know what's written. He said, but I'm telling you, there's a better way. There's a much better way than handling it yourself, than going after somebody yourself. He said, listen, you need to love them so you can be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. You want to be heavenly-minded. You want to be kingdom-minded. You want to be like your Father. We don't want the apple falling far from the tree. We want to be just like Him because when He could have just cut us off, He didn't. But He had mercy and He had grace and and He said it'll be better. Things will always work out better if you just uh, love people. Love never fails. That's what the Bible says. That love never fails. That love covers a multitude of sin. You'd be surprised how you can love yourself right out of that revenge mode. And if you can get the love of God in your heart and you can have the love of God for other people, that you can get that revenge stuff out of your head and out of your heart and then you can live right. Because revenge, let me tell you, that, that, that little seed of revenge turns into a big tree of bitterness. And it's going to destroy you. You don't want uh, this revenge stuff happening in your life. And so he said, uh, because God, your Father in heaven, this is what he does. He makes his son, the son, to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust. You know what this world needs to live? Sun and rain. He said, I provide, you know what it takes to grow crops and feed people? Sun and rain. You know what it takes to heat this planet? The sun. You know what it takes to cool it down? The rain. We've got to have sun and rain. This planet won't exist. And God said, I I give to the the bad as well as the good. I give to those that curse me as well as those that praise me what they need because it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And when you read the rest of that story, you see that David's goodness leads Saul to say, I won't chase you anymore, that you've been more righteous than me because you spared me and, and, uh, and uh, you rewarded me good for evil. And it caused Saul to say, I won't chase you anymore. That's the end of it. It, 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 it smote Saul's heart because David was good to him when he was not good to David. And so... Jesus, he said, so he said, because if you love uh, the ones that love you, what reward do you have? And that's what the publicans do. Isn't that what they do? Sure. So he said, and if you salute your brethren only, then what do you more than others? That's what the publicans, that's what they do. And then this verse right here, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. He says, so for all of this, be perfect. That doesn't mean you don't have flaws. The word perfect there means complete but it means complete in growth, mental, and moral character. He said, concerning revenge, concerning how you treat your enemies, you need to be like your father. You don't, if you want to be complete, if you really want to grow in your, in your mind, you got to get your mind right with this. If you want your moral character to be what it should be, don't go in the house of God praising God, preaching the word, teaching the Sunday school, singing in the choir, 
you know, all the things that you could do around here, rolling in the floor, flipping out, talking in tongues, and then be plotting revenge on somebody. You know, because you know what that is? That's baby stuff. That's ignorant child stuff. That's all I did was talk in tongues but don't know who give it to me stuff. If you're going to be like your father, you're going to treat people the way he treated people. You're going to tr uh, approach situations the way he approached situations. And you say, well, I want to be like David. I want to kill giants and I want to worship. You're going to be like David and you're going to treat situations the same way David treated situations. I don't know if I want to be like David because he made some mistakes too. Yeah, but you know what he did when he made mistakes? He repented. And he cried out to God and he sought the face of God. He didn't keep spiraling down the hole. He said, no, -uh, I'm going to turn this thing around. So yeah, I'd love to be like David and be uh, uh, worship like him and kill giants like him. But killing giants and worshiping don't mean nothing if you can't treat people right. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I could get them. Oh, I could really fix them. I could shut them up. David could have silenced Saul forever. Or would it have? Cain killed Abel. But the New Testament said, Abel still speaking. Just because you think, well, I, I took them out. You just made a martyr out of them. And now it's a rally cry. Remember Saul. Remember Saul. Let's get that son of Jesse. Let's get that David. Because remember what he did to Saul. Killed him in a cave while he was sleeping. It, they would have turned it all around. And David would end up being the guy, the very bad guy that Saul thought he was. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, you know, this, David, you just missed your opportunity. That's not a missed opportunity. To kill Saul was not a missed opportunity. Unless you mean that he missed an opportunity to keep trouble going. He missed an opportunity to stir the pot, cause more drama, facilitate more death because somebody else is going to die. That ain't going to be the end of it. But see, that's what people love. They, they will, I'm going I'm I'm to shoot back so I can keep it going. It's all, you know, it's almost always people say they hate drama that are caught up in it. That's the truth. Don't tell a lie. It's the truth. Oh, I can't stand drama. It, is that, maybe then that's somebody else that looks like you saying all that stuff on Facebook. Or, uh, you, know, you know, yeah, uh, that's how it goes, man. You know it's true. Just, just watch an episode of, of Jerry Spring or something. It's always the ones that say, I ain't done nothing that's agging it on. And it's like that in real life. Yeah. Listen, the scripture's still true. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. You got to stop putting wood on the fire. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. So it was, he didn't miss an opportunity. Uh, uh, it was an opportunity, all right. But it was an opportunity for David to be blessed. It was an opportunity for David to be who he said he actually was all along. It was a chance, an opportunity for David to maintain his integrity and to maintain his character. 
It was his opportunity to stay in line with God's word. Years ago, way years ago, after uh, the church that we were attending at the time, Brother Hart, our pastor, had passed away. There was a new pastor there. And things just got out of control, as things tend to do sometimes when something like that happens. And there was a man there, the man that was there that was pastoring at the time. Somebody else had been telling him some stuff that wasn't even close to being true. Wasn't even close to being true. When that church folded, went crazy like it did, my wife and I and my family, we stayed for a year trying to help that guy get that church going. Stuck with it, loved that place, loved the people in it, loved the man that was pastoring. But somebody got in his ear, just like they did with Saul. They're talking about you. They're saying this about you. This is going on, all this stuff. You ain't never going to be able to do anything as long as they're still here. So he started trying to push us out. We just left because there wasn't no sense in it. We didn't want any trouble, any drama out of it. And a, a minister friend of mine, he came to me. He said, Brother Ed, he said, the Lord want me to tell you that you're going to have an opportunity just as David had. And you're going to have a real opportunity where you could really hurt this guy. He said, but I'm telling you, you need to be wise like David and do just like David did. He said, you'll be, he said, you'll be, he said, you could be justified maybe into what you do. He said, but I'm telling you, you're going to be better if you'll do as David did. And you better know that opportunity presented itself. Not worth it. It's not worth it to become something that you're not. I have not. I had not fought that hard or stood that ground so I could just throw it away in one instant. And just because I could have, it wouldn't have made anything any better. Because that, you know, there was nothing there there that was supposed to be ours or for be for us. This was what God had for us. And so, uh, you know. We had an opportunity to be who God made us and to stick to who we said we were, and we just drifted away, went our own way, kept evangelizing, kept doing what we were doing, and, uh, and we had people after that. And this is not just a, a cheerleading section for us, but I had people come and said, the way you handled that, these, these were guys that had been in church three times as long as I had been, elders in the church that uh, came to me and said, uh, the way you handled that said, you grew 10 times in my eyes because you could have really uh, socked it to that guy, but you didn't. I said, that's not the way the Lord wants it handled. You're going to be better off and you're going to be blessed when you will stick to his word. <laughs> Listen, David was falsely accused, and he could, but instead of trying to do something to prove himself, you know how he, what he did? He just kept being who he was. Instead of, well, well, I'll just kill my enemies. I'll destroy, I'll fight my enemies. No, he just let God take care of it. He let God fight the battles. And so, and so that's what we've got to do to stay in line with God's word. In the scripture, when they came to take Jesus from the garden, Peter pulls his sword, cuts off a guy's ear, and Jesus says this, Matthew 26 and 52. Jesus said unto him, put your sword up, put up again, thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. And I've always thought about that today. I was just going through that phrase very carefully. And, and it's just the wording of it. 
Now, we, we read it like, well, if you take the sword, somebody else is going to come with a sword and kill you because you, you won't win every fight. But he just says, you know, he, he doesn't mention an enemy, anything like that. He just mentions the sword. He said, you, you put that sword up because if you take the sword, you'll perish with the sword. And the Lord said, just while I was reading there, he said, you put that revenge up because everybody that goes in for revenge dies by revenge. The, and what he says is that it's the same instrument. It's not about the enemy holding, who's holding it. You started it with a sword, but it'll be a sword that ends it. You started with revenge. It'll be revenge that kills you. It'll be the revenge that eats you up till nobody recognizes you. It'll be revenge that turns you into something that nobody can even talk to anymore because you're so eat up and bitter and, and full of hate and wrath that all you think about is getting somebody back. And it will change who you are. See, Peter's like, okay, but they're coming to take the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm defending the truth. You know, Jesus is the truth. I was thinking, you know, like I said, this is the Lord just was speaking to my mind while I was studying this. He said, you know, a lot of people say, I'm, I'm pulling this sword out because I'm going to defend the truth, which is what Peter thought he was doing. Jesus is the way, he is the truth. And he said, I'm just defending the truth. And maybe Peter even thought when he saw Jesus hanging on that cross, when he knew he was dead and they put him in that tomb, I should have kept fighting. I should have just not listened to Jesus and just took that sword and just started stabbing people and cutting people and going. But three days later, Jesus come out of the ground and he realized that the truth will always come out on top. So just because you can doesn't mean you should. Jesus had a plan all along. Peter, you ain't got to kill. Don't you know I could call angels from heaven right now? If, but then how would the scripture be fulfilled? The plan is going to be cut off if I stop this. This has got to happen. So I know you think... You're doing right, but just let me handle it. Just, just keep going according to plan, and the, the truth always prevails. We've got to stop dying on hills and in battles that we should have never been fighting anyway. You know, my son preached about that the other day, and, and, and I was thinking that. Oh boy, people say, I'll, I'll die on that hill. Yeah, you will. It'll be lonely. I'm going to die in that battle. You shouldn't have been fighting that battle anyway. And I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about it'll kill your character. It'll kill your reputation. And it'll ruin your testimony. It'll mess your ministry up. It'll mess your mind up to where you, you can't trust nobody anymore. You'll be so eat up revenge. You'll think everybody's talking about you. That's not, you know, one reason the Lord wants us to stay away from revenge? Because it infects you. It infects your heart, your soul, your spirit, and your mind. You can't, you can't trust nobody anymore. Everybody's out to get me. Nobody likes me. Everybody's trying to kill me. So that's what Saul thought. And he tried to kill his own son. Don't I know that you friends with David? He threw a javelin at his son. Because now everybody is against me. His daughter didn't tell him that David was there. He, oh, so now you... You're, you you know, you're siding with him against, against me. And it's just like everybody's against me. That's what revenge and vengeance and, and, and getting them back, that's what it does. That's not the way God's people operate. 
Oh, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt your flesh. It doesn't mean that you don't get angry. It doesn't mean you're like, well, I'm going to get them back. Now quit trying to be so tough. There ain't no room for this macho nonsense in God's house. You know, I don't ever see God describing men of God as macho. I'm going to get them. I tell you what ought to happen when you go down in that water and get filled with the Holy Ghost, that old carnal redneck attitude ought to go with it. And if you identify as a redneck, God bless you. I hope you're saved. But all this, I'm going to punch somebody. You know, I'm going to kick somebody. I'm going to get somebody. That stuff should have died. It should have went right here. Yeah. If we get the Holy Ghost and it makes us more like him, you got to leave that stuff behind. Well, that's just who I am. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that. That's just who I am. Then you need to go back down again. You need to pray again. You need another dose of the Holy Ghost because all things are supposed to pass away. Old things are supposed to pass away. All things are supposed to be made new. Oh, well, that's just in my family. We have these tempers. Oh, I, what in the world? Now, don't ever get mad at nobody about clinging to traditions because that's all that is. Well, that just temper just runs in my family. Well, then make it run out. Stop it. Because you ain't, you ain't nothing big and bad just because you got a quick temper. What does that mean? You know what people think when you have a bad, quick temper like that? You're an idiot. <laughs> Flying off the handle. Because guess what? Quick tempers, the word speaks against it. Well, and you can't trade out. Well, I, I, pay, I pay my tithes and I attend church, so I, I ought to get to keep one thing. No, it don't work like that. Listen, here's what the word tells us. Say not, it's Proverbs 20 and 22. Say not, don't be, don't be talking like this. Don't be talking to yourself like this and don't, tell, don't talk to nobody else like this. Don't say I'm going to recompense evil. That means I'm going to pay it back. But wait on the Lord and he'll save you. He went on to say in Proverbs 24 and 29, again, say not. That means don't say it to yourself. Don't say it to nobody else. I will do so to him as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. In other words, he, he said, don't be saying I'm going to get revenge for what was done to me. I'm going to give him exactly what he gave to me. We're supposed to do unto others as we would have them do unto us, not as they did unto us. Well, they lied on me, so I'm going to lie on them. That's doing what they did. You're supposed to do what the Word said and love them and pray for them. That revenge stuff is deadly. You know who Confucius is. He said, before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. Not just one for who you're going to kill, but might as well dig one for yourself because it's going to kill you. I don't have just a natural physical death. That might. You might go to shoot somebody and y'all pull the trigger at the same time. I don't know. But I'm talking about it's going to kill who you are. It's going to eat you up. And uh, so uh, the, the old saying 
revenge is a, a dish best served cold. How about revenge is a dish best not served at all? We shouldn't be uh, serving that dish. We shouldn't, that shouldn't be on the menu of God's people. Listen, don't destroy your character just to prove yourself right. If you're right, God will prove it. Hello? If you're right, God will prove it. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? That's it. Listen, I, I know that people can really, really hurt us, wrong us, but we must stay in God's word. You know, Marcus Aurelius is, he said the best revenge is to be unlike him who performed the injury. That's the best revenge. Don't be like the one that hurts you. That's what you do. First Thessalonians 5.15 would back that up saying, see that none render evil for evil. Don't be like the one who performed the injury unto any man. Don't render evil to evil to any man. Doesn't matter what they did to you. Don't do that back to them, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Because revenge makes you a prisoner. It makes you a slave. It changes you. Revenge does not free you. As an author by the name of Laura Hildenbrand, she said, uh, there's a paradox of vengefulness. And it's this, that it makes men dependent upon those who harm them. They're obsessed with the one that hurt them. Always stalking them. Always looking to see what they're posting. See if they post anything. I don't see if they post anything about me. I, can I use your phone so I can look at their account? I want, I want to see if they're saying anything about me. It's, can't sleep at night dreaming about them. See them at the red light and just want to run into them. You know, just... just Furious at them, mad at them all the time, just eat up with it. And you just can't, I mean, no joy, no happiness, you know, just upset stomach ulcers, headaches, migraines, all this stuff, because you can't get over some idiot that said something ugly. Let them go. Let it go. Let it, listen, if I said before I said, if you're right, God will prove it. The psalmist said in one place, he said, there'd be many that say of my soul, there's no help for him in God, but God is the lifter up of my head. God's on my side. I'm going to be worried about 10,000 that camp about me and, and talk about it. I don't care what they say because if God be for me, who can be against me? And so, look, I, I want to make sure I don't get eat up, become a prisoner to this stuff. So he said, the paradox of vengefulness is that it makes me independent upon those who harm them because they believe that their release from pain will come when their tormentors suffer. That's not true. It's not true. Not if your heart's really uh, good and you know what's right down deep inside. You know that it's not right to, 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 for revenge to get him back. That's why David's heart smote him. He knew that was not right. To even cut his garment was wrong. I should not have done that. You might remember, if you've ever seen the opportunity to see the movie The Princess Bride, there is a character that has spent his life hunting a man with six fingers. And every time he's telling people about it, he's like, he's going to tell them, hello, I'm Inigo Montaña. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Now, in the movie, he, he kills the guy. And you know what he says? I've been in the revenge business so long, I don't know what I'll do now. 
I have no nothing to look forward to. I have no life outside of it because this is all I've been doing. It has consumed me. I have spent my whole life trying to get revenge, and it's turned me into the. And so now that that's gone, I have nothing. That's what happened. Get that revenge stuff out of here. The Apostle Paul wrote to us in the book of Romans. Such good instruction in this area. Romans 12 and verse 17. Simply backing up the rest of the scripture. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And if it be possible as much lies within you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved church. He's right. This is letters to the church now. To the saints at Rome. Read the beginning of the letter. To the saints at Rome. To the church. So he's not writing to just people out in the world. This is to us born-again believers. Avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Vengeance is whose? We ain't the Lord. If vengeance is his, but I take vengeance... I just stole from the Lord. I just robbed God of what he, what he does. You think, hey, do we think we can do what God does better than he does it? Because when we take vengeance, that's what we're saying. Oh, God, I got this. Because you'll show mercy. <laughs> you'll show grace. I, I'm going to show wrath. You know, but that's why God said, look, don't avenge yourselves. Give place unto wrath. Because he knows the wrath of man. And he knows what kind of trouble it'll get you in. He said, so wait on me. Wait on me. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. I'll take care of this. And you know what You know what eats us up sometimes is we think, God, why are you being good to them? Because it's not my will that any perish, not even for you. God, why didn't you strike them dead? Because it's not my will that any perish, not even for you. But I go to church. I am baptized in your name. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, a whole lot of other people are too. And this guy won't ever get that chance if I strike him dead. So I'm going to be good to him, and I hope it leads him to repentance. And you ought to rejoice for that. What? What? Oh, Lord. I guess that's why he said all things are possible to him that believe, even loving your enemy. Pastor, that's, this is the most unrealistic message I've ever heard. You know how many times Jesus preached and they said that? I have never heard it like this. <laughs> Anywhere. This guy's got a devil. This guy's a... He's, 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 he's been hanging out with him wine bibbers too much. He's... Something's going, you know, oh no. This is how you treat people. This is how you live your life. This is how you keep your hands clean. This is how you keep yourself uh, in innocence, as uh, one psalmist wrote about. He said, you know, he had, his hand, he had kept his hands clean. You can keep your hands clean and keep a pure heart. You don't get tied up in this vengeance stuff. So, uh, Boy, where was I even at? Romans, yeah. Whew. Recompense no man evil for evil, provide all things honest. 
Binge not yourselves. Get place binges. I'll repay. There we go. Verse 20. If your enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing this, you will heap coals of fire on his head. He's going to want some relief from the feeling he has because he knows what he said, he knows what he's done, and he sees how you're treating him. And it's going to be like coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen, how in the world? You can't go wrong with these instructions. It'll work. God's word will not return void. You'll be able to keep your hands clean and your heart clean and your life clean. And you'll be able to lay your head down at night in peace knowing I did not strike back. Psalm 37 and 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath and do not fret yourself in any wise to do evil. Don't, don't be plotting how to get back. Don't, don't, don't be plotting against people. Boy, if I could get a burner phone and text them, then they wouldn't know who it was. You, know, you ain't never thought of nothing like that? I'm going to set me up an anonymous email so I can send them something and just tell them about it. And they won't be able to trace it back because I'll go to the coffee shop and I get on their Wi-Fi. And I, so I watch plenty of Law and Order and stuff like that. I know <laughs> you get it. It's fine. I need to bounce this off of something in China and they'll come back here so they can't figure out where I'm at. But you know, the FBI might not catch me, but God's already caught me. And then I'll have to stand before him going, hey, remember that day in that coffee shop when you were shooting stuff off that server in China? It routed through heaven first, and I seen it, and I seen it. I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to help, I want to help you stay saved. I want to help you stay saved. Hey, this is this one right here. There was a woman by the name of Frances Bacon. She said this, This is certain that a man that studies revenge keeps his wounds green, which otherwise would heal and do well. When all you do is think about revenge, you're keeping the wound open. It's, not, it's never going to heal, never going to heal. Proverbs 19.11 gives us advice in this. It says, The discretion of a man defers his anger. And then it is his glory to pass over a transgression. It's not a missed opportunity. It's an opportunity for glory. It's a, in other words, what this is saying is that a wise person will, con, will have patience and control uh, the, the, the circumstances in the situation. A fool is controlled by emotion. A wise person will ignore or forget uh, he doesn't insist on revenge, so in that way he maintains his integrity. He keeps his character, it is, and it's his, uh, speaks to his discretion. It speaks to who he is as a man of God because he just defers his anger. And then it's his glory to just pass over a transgression. He just lets it go. I'd just be letting things go, man. I don't know, I don't know if I'm that saved yet. Uh, you got the Holy Ghost, you're that, you're that saved. 
you've been blood bought and washed and God's been good to you, then you are that saved. Yeah. Listen, I'm going I'm to read. This is a, I'm about right at the time too. Right on time. First Peter 3. This is what Peter said. This, this really sums it up right here at the end. Uh, here's the man that the Lord said, put your sword up. And this is what he's writing to the church now. 1 Peter 3 and verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind and have compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil, not sword for sword, or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing. And they're, if they're bringing evil, if they're railing on you, bless them. Knowing that you are there unto called, that you should inherit a blessing. It will be a blessing for you if you'll just do what's right. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. And I'm not changing scripture to say let him refrain his fingers from typing or texting. Yeah, it's the same way you think, well, I didn't say it, I just typed it. It came out of you. It's the same. People are always looking for a loophole. I didn't, I didn't actually say it, but you, you did type it. Same thing. Listen, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks or the fingers type. That's, that's it. So... Listen, so for he that will love life, see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Now, see, here, here you go. But, oh, but what they did, God knows. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. What did the Lord say to do? Pray for them who despitefully use you. You know, he's listening. He's not listening because he's already seen what happened. He already knows. He's looking to see what the righteous are doing. Are they praying, kill them, God, just kill them? Or are they praying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do? So the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And guess what? You can be baptized and full of the Holy Ghost and fall under that category. If you're seeking revenge, that's evil. If you're gossiping, that's evil. If you're lying, that's evil. Mm? Yep. It's evil. It's evil. It's evil. And the face of the Lord is against everyone that does evil. And then he's, he, and who is he that will harm you? See, why, this is why we shouldn't get so eat up by it because who is it that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Listen, I told somebody the other day, I said, you know what? The truth is the truth. And I said, and if somebody's telling an untruth about you, it doesn't change the truth. They can say it all day long but it doesn't change the truth. And eventually the truth will come out. The truth uh, is a liberator. It'll set you free. 
And so it doesn't matter what they're saying. The truth is eventually going to come out. And then listen, and listen to what he says. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But, and if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. If you've just been doing the right thing, just like David was, and, and you're then happy are ye, and don't be afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready always to give an answer to every man to ask you of a reason of the hope that's in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience. Want that good conscience? Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation or behavior in Christ. They're just going to end up being ashamed because eventually they're going to run out a lot. The lie is going to be so unbelievable that nobody's going to believe it. And because, well, you keep saying that, but all I see them doing is praying. You keep saying they did this and did that, but all I, keep, all I see is they just keep on serving the Lord and worshiping God. And, and, and actually, I heard them stand up. I was beside them in the altar, and they was praying for you. And, and so what else you got to say about them? You're dropping that head, poking that lip out. Nothing. That's right, nothing. They'll be ashamed because of your good behavior in Christ. Let's have good behavior as God's people. Amen? And then in verse 17, he said, For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Because when you suffer for well-doing, you're going to be blessed and rewarded. God's going to take care of it. But if you suffer for evil-doing, if you, if you suffer because you decide to try to get revenge, man, that's on you. That's a hard road. Let's stand together. And if, you're that, and if you're that worried about what somebody else has done, here's what Jerry Seinfeld said about it. Well, the best revenge is to live well. Let them say what they want to. Just live well. Live right, live for God, do what you're supposed to do, and it'll burn them up because they can't trip you, they can't get you, they can't, they can't provoke you. Just live well. Just live by God's Word. I, you know, just, just keep on smiling, keep on loving, keep on being who you are in God. Just live well. And, man, it'll, hey, it'll eat them alive. There's probably something about not being too happy about watching them squirm, but, you know, but I know we've kind of like, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't, I would rather they just repent and be all right with God. You know? So just because you can, and believe me, you're going to have these opportunities at school, on your job, just in your life, you're going to have an opportunity. I'm going to get them back. Just let it go. Just let it go and just live for God. Just keep on living for God. Amen? While she's playing tonight, let's come find a place and pray a few moments in the altar. And if you've been struggling with this, if you've been picking up rocks to throw at people, come lay them down in the altar tonight. Ask God to help you to love people.